For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Be sure to check out our merch store, onthefinside.threadless.com as well. The Dolphins lose opening weekend 59-10 to the Baltimore Ravens. That's right. Seven touchdowns the Dolphins lose by and uh, has sparked some in some possible internal conflict within the organization, at least according to one report. So their Baltimore Ravens score 42 points in the first half, which is the most points scored by an NFL team in the history of the sport. So the tank is certainly real. So just to run down a quick rundown of how this game went. For those that did not see it, the first play of the game was a 50-yard run by Mark Ingram. The Ravens score a few plays later to make it 7-0. In the Dolphins' first possession, Ryan Fitzpatrick is intercepted by Earl Thomas, because why not? Uh, Then the next drive, Hollywood Brown beats Eric Rowe for a 45-yard touchdown to make it 14-0. Dolphins go three and out. And then on the next drive, 83-yard touchdown to Hollywood Brown on Minka Fitzpatrick to make it 21-0. Six minutes later, Lamar Jackson throws his fourth touchdown of the game to Willie Sneed on Jamal Wiltz. Then Jakeem Grant fumbles to make it 35-3. It just went from bad to worse to just downright pathetic, Paul. 100%. It's, I mean, (sighs) Dolphins lost 12 quarterback hits. They only allowed three sacks, which is mystifying to me. Um, and really, you know, I think the penultimate play was was Ryan Fitzpatrick getting hit twice on the same play in an on an incomplete pass that they that uh, they didn't blow the whistle early enough, so everybody thought it was a fumble, and it looked like the Ravens were returning it for a touchdown. So Fitzpatrick got up, started chasing the play, and got leveled again. I mean, Jesus. There wasn't a lot to love. I think they had nine rushing yards in the first half. Um, this game plan was atrocious, and you could see there were a few players that felt like quit before the opening whistle. I, I bring it back to 100% a talent issue. I mean, it's – it's. I look, I anybody with this roster is not going to do well. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but when you've got – Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, Danny Isadora uh, and Julian Davenport on your offensive line after they were just picked up nine days before that. You've got Avery Moss starting at defensive end who was cut from the Giants, not not because of salary, but because he flat out wasn't good enough to make the 53-man roster. The Dolphins pick him up and slot him right there uh, in the opening day lineup. I mean, I, I think I, – I don't know if Dolphins fans – are aware of how bad this team is 
talent-wise compared to the rest of the NFL. I mean, it's, it's, it's not good. But look, the, here's the thing about it is this is what the Dolphins signed up for. And that's the reality of the situation. The Dolphins have four first-round picks, four second-round picks, and three third-round picks scheduled here in the next two years. This is what we signed up for. I still don't agree with the way that they, they've done a lot of things here, but regardless, this is where the Dolphins are going to be here in 2019. Maybe not losing by seven touchdowns every game, but it's going to be really bad this year. Yeah, I won't say that there's not a lot of talent on the roster. There is a lot of talent. It's the biggest problem that we have is it's almost like the late additions over the last week and a half, that bottom quarter of the roster, were basically signings that were just, screw it, they won't be here next year anyway. We've got all this cap space and draft picks. Um, Yeah. this was frustrating because even some of the talented players were, were, were screw-ups today. Jakeem Grant muffing a punt. Preston Williams, who I, I'm going to just say it, outside of that one preseason game, he's dropping a lot of damn balls. And that in, itself, in and of itself is not helpful. I mean, God, it's when the one player that seems to show up is Devontae Parker on offense, you know there's a problem. And then you you look at some of the players that were supposedly the second coming, and and there were other players that we liked that weren't salary issues at the positions, guys like Cornell Armstrong um, in the secondary, and instead we've got Wiltz, guys like Eric Rowe. You know, I'm so sick and tired of new head coaches bringing their boys and their boys flat out sucking most of the time. It's it's frustrating to me. I mean – Eric Rowe and Wiltz had a bad game in that secondary. When it gets to the point that Walt Aikens is playing in the secondary by the end of the game, you know there's a problem. Yeah, I. speaking of the talent, I mean, look, Xavier Howard's a great cornerback. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, even though he had a terrible game, I think he, he's talented. Uh, I'm not saying they don't have a couple of good players, but ooh, man, when, when we're talking about the, the talent on the roster, and one of the names you bring up is Preston Williams. I mean, Preston Williams is an undrafted free agent. And, you know, so many of these players here, you know, you've got five or six players who are peeled off the street and thrown into the starting lineup. I mean, it's bad. And, again, my point is this is what the Dolphins signed up for. But my question is how far is it going to go? Because according to a rumor on Pro Football Talk, uh, some of the players after the game – won it out of Miami, um, which kind of makes me if, – if this is true, it makes me chuckle because, uh, look, you're the – first of all, it's, it's the first week, and secondly, you're the players who went on the field and messed everything up. Yeah, well, and it may not necessarily be the guys that messed everything up that are requesting out. I mean, I don't like it. I think it's ridiculous. But then again, I can understand the frustration – when Miami did let a few talented players go over the past couple weeks. Um, my assumption, if I had to make a guess, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Rashad Jones is one of those players. Uh, he He's one that is under a contract that he probably won't be here when Miami finishes his rebuild anyhow. And he's got to have that closing window of opportunity 
based on his age that I wouldn't be shocked if he wanted out, especially given the, we'll go with frustrations of last season and, and leave it at that. We don't have to beat that drum to death. I, I would not be shocked if Rashad Jones was not one, if the rumor is true, that wanted out. I wouldn't be surprised if Kenyon Drake was one either. I mean, uh, again, a, a guy that is just constantly not used. I mean, I, I don't think this was really the coaching staff's fault in this game for Kenyon Drake. I mean, it was twenty-eight to nothing, or it was twenty-one to nothing, nine minutes into the game, and I, I can understand that. Uh, it, it, but Kenyon Drake still touches the ball six times in this contest: four carries for twelve yards, two catches for thirteen, or some something in that area. So that wouldn't surprise me either. But this is what Dolphins fans are going to have to deal with for the next year, maybe even the next two years. It's just the reality of what's going on. My advice to Dolphins fans, look at this season as one giant preseason game. Because, look, it's it's not the, – the Dolphins were across the board the, the worst team, the 32nd team in just about every power ranking. And if you look at the roster, it's, it's – to me, to me, they're not even close to the 31st team. Right, right now as we stand, because you, 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 I mean, the thirty-first team heading into this game, I was going to say was maybe the Bengals. The Bengals played Seattle today and lost by a point, just not even in the same area. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Paul, one game down, fifteen games to go until we get to next year. Yeah, and the one thing I want to add to that too is I don't know if you caught much of the Jets and Bills game because I know they were playing at the same time. Holy crap. It seriously looked like the entire rest of the AFC East that didn't sign Antonio Brown this week is tanking. It's the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins looked like the three worst teams in the AFC today. Completely. Yeah, I agree with you. even Even given how well the Jets' defense played against the Bills. It's the three uh, teams look like the worst teams in the AFC by far, possibly the NFL. And the Jets and the Bills have poured a lot of resources here into their team. This, these, this is really the team that both of them want. So it was good to see there that I think the Jets were up uh, 16 to nothing at one point, or it might've been 13 to nothing. And the Bills come back with Josh Allen, win the game in New York. So they're about to, they're about to rake Adam Gase across the coals already. So at least that can bring a little bit of a smile to our face here on week one of the NFL season. But Paul, let's, let's get to the position by position grades here. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 14 for 29, 185 yards running for his life all game. Uh, One interception, one touchdown to Preston Williams. He also put another ball in the end zone, as you alluded to, two on Preston Williams hands, but he did not come away with it. In fact, he he put it between two defenders, and Williams didn't come down with it. But overall, still, you look at that stat line, 14 for 29, 185 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, Josh Rosen comes in, and just the icing on the cake. I, I don't know why you put Rosen in in that situation anyway. He should be made to look like the hero when he comes in, whenever he comes in. He throws an interception on his first pass. So our first pass second or second pass. pass, I'm not sure. Second pass. The first one was batted down. Um, no, the first his first pass was a completion. Um, I, I, and I can promise you that because I made a joke about the fact that Josh Rosen was 100, had a 100% completion rating uh, as a Dolphin 
right before he came back out to start the fourth quarter and immediately threw it into a defender's face. Oh, that's right. It was, a, I think, a six-yard pass to Gesicki. So, yep. Yeah, and then, then uh, the interception, and he also had a pass batted down, too. So that was just the icing on the cake there. But overall, when you look at that stat line, I, I give the quarterback position a D-plus today. I'm going to throw a D in there. I mean, Preston Williams should have come away with that first touchdown. He really, really, really should have. And, I mean, not only was it in his hands, it was in his hands when his back hit the ground, and then he just coughed it up and killed the drive. You know, and that that was at a point when the game was potentially still a little bit salvageable, and that just was one of those moments that made – that was one of the first moments that made you feel like, what the hell else can go wrong here, guys? What the hell else yeah. can go wrong? Even the stuff that should go right went wrong. Let's move on to running back. Uh, Kalen Balage and Kenyon Drake, and I think a carry from Mark Walton. Running backs go have 10 carries for 12 yards in this contest. Not really their fault. The offensive line's not opening up holes on that, but 10 carries, 12 yards, barely over a yard per carry. I have no choice but to give him a D. I'm right there with you. I mean, especially when Kenyon Drake had a nine-yard run mixed into those 12 yards. That's that's how atrocious the rest of the carries were here. Uh, gosh, uh, let's keep going. So the bright spot of the day was Devontae Parker, three catches, 75 yards, and an incredible 49-yard catch, albeit when the Dolphins were down there. Uh, 28 to nothing at the time, but still a fantastic catch. I'm glad to see Parker healthy at least starting to look like maybe he can contribute a little bit. Preston Williams uh, did have a very nice toe-tap touchdown catch, but did drop that that big um, that that pass earlier in the game that could have made it 21-7 at the time, I think. And Jakeem Grant certainly had a game to forget. This was the worst game of his career. He muffed a punt. He had one catch for negative three yards. And when he was returning, he didn't. I don't think he returned it past the 25 one time. So, yeah, it's it's not very good here. So wide receiver and tight end, you know, you also have to factor in Mike Kosicki, two catches for 31 yards. He had a nice 26-yard catch, too, so maybe he's ready to get a little bit more involved. Those are the types of players the Dolphins need to see this year, the Mike Kosicki's, the Devontae Parkers. It's hard to blame them for a lot of, of anything in this game, but the – the score sheet uh, hurts this a little bit too, but I'm going to give the the wide receivers and tight ends a C minus. I'm going to give them a D minus. I mean, and it's only Devonte Parker bringing it up to that point. It's it was atrocious. It was absolutely atrocious. As bad as some of the throws were, uh, and I mean, I will say, Jakeem Grant got left completely out to dry on his one catch for negative three yards. I mean, the ball was to the wrong shoulder, took him completely out of position, and it took a heroic effort to get negative three yards on that one. But it just wasn't good enough by any stretch, and this is supposed to be one of the most talented positions on the team. Moving to the offensive line, obviously this is, frankly to me, the the root of everything that that has gone wrong with the Dolphins. I don't agree with what they've done with Laramie Tunzel, with Juwan James. Yeah, I know we got a lot of picks for him. I still disagree with it because I think it brings down the offense to a level where they can't even compete anymore. And right before the game, 
big surprise. Uh, Dion Calhoun is announced inactive. Chris Reed is announced inactive. And to a smaller extent, Isaiah Prince is also inactive in this contest. So Danny Isidorish suits up at right guard. Jesse Davis at left tackle. Julian Davenport at right tackle. It was bad. It was atrocious in the contest. I, I can't give him if, 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 just a, a couple of plays here. Jesse Davis was whooped badly on at least two plays. And what a shame, too, because this is a player that was a very, I mean, not a very good, but a, a decent guard. And he got a contract extension this week. They kick him out to right tackle. He's a below average right tackle. And now you're going to kick him out to left tackle where you're going to completely ruin him. It's a shame. Um, so I, I, no holes opened up running backs, 10 carries for 12 yards. Fitzpatrick's running for his life. I, I give him a D minus here. I'm going to give him a flat out F and I know the talent's not there and it's, it sounds cruel to say there were a lot of penalties on the offensive line. They had Fitzpatrick on his backside and with a little bit of Rosen 15 times in this one, only three went for sacks, which is just amazing to me. The fact that the running game couldn't get anything going, even when given the opportunity, it all starts right there up front. It sure does. And I, I don't know where you start. That's, that's the sad thing. I mean, look, I, I actually thought Julian Davenport somewhat looked the part throughout the game, at least in pass protection. He, he's the only somewhat bright spot. Um, Dieter got walked back to the quarterback a couple of times too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, gosh, you really need a left tackle and they're pretty hard to find too. What a shame. Uh, I'm, I'm going to cut through the rest of this here, Paul, uh, with, with my grades, the front seven and the defensive backs, I'm just giving an F to, I mean, it's what, what more can you say on this? You know, just no semblance of a pass rush whatsoever. Um, I thought Christian Wilkins had a had a good game as a rookie in his first NFL game, but not really in a position where he can make a giant impact, especially when the defense when there's no pass rush and the defensive backs are just getting lit up down the field. So um, front seven, I mean, just no pass rush whatsoever. And Mark Ingram, first play of the game, Jonathan Ledbetter gets punched in the mouth. And Sam Aguavion gets punched in the mouth, too, right down the seam. I thought Aguavion recovered pretty nicely here. Um, but Jerome Baker, for as much as we heard about him here in the preseason, did not make a very big impact. Raquan McMillan, I thought, had a pretty decent game. But overall, just not good enough. The Ravens were getting chunk yards at all times. And the front seven, for me, certainly gets an F. And I'll get to the defensive backs in a minute. Yeah, I mean, no pass rush from the front seven, as you pointed out. I thought Ledbetter recovered nicely as well. I think he had an all right game. I think Devin Godshaw had an all right game. Christian Wilkins had an all right game. And Jerome Baker mysteriously disappeared. And as you pointed out, Aguavion recovered well, too. I thought Charles Harris had a moment or two where it looked like, oh, wow, he, he, he might be awake. And then just all went downhill from there it's you can't give this defense you can't expect this defense to get very good grades given the fact that they allowed the most points Miami's allowed since Marino's last game in the playoffs against the Jacksonville Jaguars you know that's how bad it was for this defense today they weren't always put in position to succeed but they didn't answer the call even when they were put in position to succeed 
So I'll, I'll go after the front seven as well. Yeah, and I agree with you there, too. I thought Ledbetter and Aguavion recovered pretty nicely. And after that 50-yard run by Ingram, you know, yeah, the run defense wasn't god-awful. It was still not very good. But, yeah, and I think Ledbetter needs to be on the field a lot. I mean, get Avery Moss and get John Jenkins off the field. We, we They have had their opportunity in the NFL, and they have not come through. Ledbetter has played well, and he actually got half a sack today with Aguavion. So at least they're on the board. Um, defensive backs here, gosh, gosh, gosh. If there was an F minus, I'd probably give it to him. But uh, Lamar Jackson and RG3 in this game. RG3 gets in at the end of the game. That's how bad things were getting. So I, I'm, I'm trying to look on my sheet here of, of what their numbers were. It was bad. Uh, I, RG3 was I, six for six. RG3 was six for six and, and Lamar Jackson. So combined, they were 23 for 26, throwing the football for almost 400 yards and six touchdowns. And well, I feel so bad for Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard was, I don't think he had a, he had a, he had a ball completed against him in this game. In fact, he had a great breakup after Hollywood Brown burned Minka Fitzpatrick and he burned Jamal Wiltz down the field. They put Xavier Howard on him and Xavier Howard breaks up a pass down the field and then it's a defensive holding on Eric Rowe and then another defensive holding on the next play. So that that's kind of a, <laughs> that's kind of how things are going right now. But um you know I thought Rashad Jones had a, it, Rashad Jones and Bobby McCain were fine. Xavier Howard it, it was Xavier Howard, but it just goes to show you that when you got two when you have two players in the secondary like Eric Rowe and Jamal Wiltz, and you got to bring Walt Aikens off the bench, like you were talking about. Any quarterback is going to find them, even if it's Lamar Jackson, who heading into this game was not very good at throwing the football. Yeah, and, and I will say Rashad Jones, you didn't hear his name called a lot today, but that's not necessarily a bad thing either. Um, you know, the Ravens didn't often. And, you know, Bobby McCain, I thought, had an all right game. Minka had a tough game, but I, I still think he's got so much promise. And then, as you pointed out, Bobby McCain and Xavier Howard did not have bad games. Eric Rowe led the team in tackles, and that's never a good sign for a corner, ever. I don't care what anyone wants to say. That means you they probably completed a lot of balls against you. I mean, he made a couple of good stops up at the line of scrimmage. But overall, as you pointed out, you know, the holding against Eric Rowe, I think he had two holding penalties in this game. Um, just not NFL caliber, what we saw from him today. And that was after he seemed to change our minds a little bit in the preseason as it went along. <clears throat> and yeah, he had Jamal a very Wilt good preseason. definitely had me missing Cornell Armstrong. Yeah, J- Jamal Wiltz is not an NFL caliber player. And he... he he had his opportunity in, in preseason to do well, and to me, he did not take advantage of those opportunities. I'm still befuddled why Cor- Cornell Armstrong is not a great player by any means, but he's a very good special teamer, and I thought the arrow was continuing to point up for him. And the Texans swooped in and got him pretty quickly, and we should see him here on Monday Night Football. So, yeah, I. So, Paul, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's go. Who is your player of the game? Well, we didn't grade our special teams yet. Oh, special teams. Who cares? Uh, 
let's uh, I'll go, actually special teams. Um, well, t- two major major plays. You, you had the fake punt that went for 60 yards by Anthony Levine, and just a prick move by the Baltimore Ravens. I, I don't. You know what? I, I I take that comment back. I don't have a problem with that. I th- I think if you're getting if if you're bloodying somebody up and you want to take advantage of an XFL caliber roster, go for it. Humiliate them. That's perfectly fine. If the Dolphins were on the other side, I would be saying the same thing. So no problem there. I take that back. But you've got that play, you had the 60-yard uh, fake punt, and you had Jakeem Grant's uh, muffed punt down by the nine-yard line. Just like that, in Danny Crossman's first game as Dolphins special teams coach, the special teams unit gives up 14 points just like that. Jason Sanders had a 54-yard field goal. He's fantastic. Matt Hawk, who's always up and down, had a very good game too, so I can't make have many complaints about him. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, Jakeem Grant and the fake punt dragged this grade down considerably. So I'll, the best I can give him is a D plus. I'm actually going to throw a B minus out there for special teams. And, yeah, the muff punt was atrocious. The fake punt, I'm going to take your rescinded prick move and bring it right back into the fold. And, and and some of that was the fact that Miami's scheme on that punt was 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 atrocious to even try to stop it. But outside of that, I mean, for a a unit that was on the field as much as they were today, I thought they did pretty well. Um, you know, it, it's I mean, the career long field goal, fifty four yards, uh, the game we saw from Hawk. And really, given the fact that old man Denny got released and how many long snaps they had today, I thought I thought they definitely did a serviceable, serviceable job outside of those two plays. And I'm not going to destroy a unit that was on the field probably as much as any other unit today for those two, two individual plays. Oh, oh, I am, because anytime the special teams unit gives up two touchdowns throughout a game, they're not getting any higher than a than a C minus D plus for me. But I, I understand what you're well, saying. Well, that's a that's a prick move too. <laughs> <laughs> I understand what you're saying because I think overall they had way more positive plays than they had negative plays. But when those negative plays turn into 14 points for the other team, and I, I was I, I had to caught my catch myself. I was going to say seal the game, but gosh. Get out of here with that. Um, that Walking that was out of the well tunnel sealed, sealed the game today. Let's face it. Yeah, they, yeah. Get, getting off the bus, the game was sealed. So, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's, we'll, we'll see where we go from here next week. We've got the Patriots oh, coming into Miami with play. Antonio Brooke making his debut. Play, um, uh, the, I'm, as we're recording this, I'm watching the, them beat the Steelers by five touchdowns. So, um we, we may be lucky to lose. What could go wrong? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> see what happens. I mean, <laughs> so Paul, uh, let's wrap it up here. What's your, uh, who's your player of the game uh, for this, for this one? And who was your um, worst player of the game? I forget where we, what we continue to call it. Uh, well, my player of the game would have to go to Devonte Parker. Uh, I thought about Matt Hawk. I thought about Jason Sanders. And I, I've got to give it to Devontae Parker in, in part because it's a player we've beat up relentlessly for years now. And he finally somewhat looked the part in this game. 
even though there was atrocious quarterback play, even though the quarterback was having to throw almost on his ass every play, and even though there really wasn't much going on around him to help him out and no semblance of a run game, Devontae Parker did what he could in this one and came away with some beautiful plays. So I'll, I'll throw that to Devontae Parker. Uh, as far as my Coke bus player of the game, whew, whew. I mean, it's, I came, I came pretty close to, to hoping that they would throw a flag on Chris Greer for roughing the passer in this one based on that offensive line that, that he patchworked together. But God, I, I, I can't go with anybody but Eric Rowe. It's he allowed way too many completions, completely let Lamar Jackson eat his lunch, and that's with the right side of the field being predominantly what was targeted today with Xavier Howard shutting down the left side. So you you look at Eric Rowe and the atrociousness he gave up, whether it was mitigating good plays or just providing bad ones. It, it was astounding in this one, and it wasn't close for me. Eric Rowe led up the long touchdown to Hollywood Brown. He also had at least two penalties in addition to a lot more catches led up off of him. So my uh, my player of the game is going to be Xavier Howard. You know, he didn't do anything special, but, hey, without question, Lamar Jackson was avoiding him all game. The one time he targeted him, he went stride for stride down the field with 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 Marquise Brown. So uh, he he gets my player of the game. My my Coke bus player of the game is um, somebody to choose from. I, I'm going to go defensive back too. I'm going to go with Jamal Wilt. Uh, you know, I I really hope the Dolphins can get Chris Lamons in there to play a little bit more next week because I thought when Lamons was on there, just like in preseason, I th- I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, but Jamal Wilt lets up two touchdowns deep and you know he's he's just not getting he's not running stride for stride with the receiver he's not getting his hands up it's it's just not good enough and and you know this is a player that if the Dolphins didn't clear out so many bad contracts I I don't think he would have had a chance to make this roster either so that's going to be it so we will see where we go from here as far as I'm concerned uh, gosh we're only about eight months away from the NFL draft and what 20 months away from the 2021 NFL draft so We have that to look forward to, but we are going to be here every week, no matter what. And we're going to try to, no, I'm not going to say look at the positives. You can't look at a positive with a 59 to 10 loss, but we're going to be honest with you about what's going on. And we're going to look at the good, even in a game like this. And I hope we've done that in this show. That will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins' 59-10 loss to the Baltimore Ravens. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Check out our merch store, too, on thefinside.threadless.com. If it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. So, do you take us home? It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fifth. Listen, Dolphins.